Thursday, November 12, 2015. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Poke Runyon. And tonight we present a discussion on our astral time travel method and its use in connection with Hermetic Yoga. We will explain our method of celestial consciousness projection in relation to stellar distances in light years and our use of the Tesseract as a sighting and measuring device. And we will also discuss the remarkable video, The Star of Bethlehem, which reveals, using the Starry Night program, a conjunction of Jupiter, Venus, and Regulus, when the Nativity was said to have taken place. We will mention our Soma Sophia, in its magical celestial tablature that we have developed in relation to these phenomena and cite the philosophy and the writings of Hermes, Trismegistus, to back up our methods. So, if you want to learn about magical time and space travel, tune in and we will open the Stargate. Uh, actually, Zandri and I just finished uh, watching the Star of Bethlehem video and... Um, this this is rather remarkable, and let's just talk about this a little bit. Uh, it's um, as far as I know, it's only available on DVD, and we got uh, we got our copies from Amazon. Um, and this is the um, the narrator, who is apparently the man who developed this, uh, a fellow by the name of Larson. Uh, and uh, he uh, he is a you know, is a, a Christian cleric, and he uh, and he at a very early age he he wanted to uh, make a little extra money. He explained by decorating his and the neighbors' lawns with Christmas decorations, and he and he uh, set up uh, the three wise men, and he decided he needed a star, and that's what got him started in this is putting a star up in a tree uh, for his three wise men. But then he became fascinated with the idea of the Star of Bethlehem, so he started researching it. And uh, what he ended up doing, uh, he ended up backing into astrology. Now, apparently, uh, Larson was a, uh, a fundamental Christian, and he had been told by his parents when he was very young uh, to stay away from astrology. It's... it's, it's uh, and uh, and so he was afraid of it, and and uh, and yet the more re- the more he researched the uh, star of Bethlehem, the more he became aware that that uh, he would have to deal with astrology, and he managed to um, uh, and he explains in the video with some very very interesting quotes from the book of Job and uh, and other books in the Bible, uh, the various biblical references to astrology. And in Job, which is a very old book of the Bible, uh, uh, God actually tells Job that... Uh, that he he put the great bear up there and 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 the Pleiades and and Orion and he created all of this and used the used the uh, uh, the astrological terms uh, for the constellations and in in the book of Job and and uh, and there are other quotes of the Bible of course that Larson brings out. So he changed his kind of changed his mind on astrology. He realized that even though that even though um, um, uh, they're uh, both the, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, they they uh, tell you not to use it and that, that, that it's evil and all that. Uh, but the truth of the matter is that there is a lot of astrology in the Bible, and as I have pointed out before, there's a lot of astrology in the Zohar, too. And uh, so um, uh, Larson became aware of that. Now, what uh, <coughs> what he basically found out, and he used a program uh, to, to to find out what was going on in the night sky back back to, during the time that we, we believe that was the, the Nativity of Christ. Uh, he used a program called Starry Night. Now, this is a program that uh, what it does is it uses uh, modern versions of, of Kepler's um, 
uh, calculations as to the movement of the heavenly bodies, especially the movement of the solar system. And uh, and using Starry Night, and which is which has a uh, uh, there's another program which which I use on on, on my Macintosh called uh, Voyager, which uh, um, is the same. Basically, it's very similar to Starry Night. They both do the same thing. You can with either Starry Night or Voyager, you can uh, view the heavens and the planets, and you can even have them move for you and have them put them in motion. You can view the heavens. I think all the way back to 10,000 years ago and, and, and see exactly what was occurring on these various dates. And, and then maybe I think you can go about 5,000 years into the future with these programs. So you can, uh, this in itself is is part of, uh, of uh, the formula of astral time travel, which we'll get into in a little bit. But uh, uh, so what uh, uh, I might mention while I'm talking about Starry Night and Voyager uh i when I was developing the soma Sophia i had a which is a, a, a magical magical uh cabalistic tablature of 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 the universe uh in other words taking tablets out of the celestial sphere that are usable yeah, for for magic when I was developing this um Following the formula of, of, of Marcus that was laid down in uh, by by Hippolytus, uh, I needed to be able to take to have a what was basically a Mercator projection of the of the celestial sphere with the zodiac as the as the equator. Now, as those of you uh, here again, uh, it's hard to do this over the radio. It's hard to it's hard to get to discuss this sort of thing uh, and have you visualize it. But let me uh, let me just say that that um, the moon, the moon actually track of the moon is is pretty much along the celestial equator. So that could be called the lunar zodiac in a sense. But uh, we wanted to do the summer Sophia. As Marcus had envisioned it, we wanted to do the, the Soma Sophia on a on a, a solar zodiac, and that takes a loop around the celestial sphere. It's a sort of a big figure; it takes a big loop, and so consequently, I, I, we needed a projection that would straighten out the zodiac so that it would be basically an, an, an equator, and the top and the bottom would be the uh, would be the um, North and South Poles of the ecliptic, not the North and South Poles of of, uh, of the Earth as as it would be in the actual celestial sphere. Now, uh, maybe maybe you can't realize that, but but I'm talking about it. But uh, I I kept trying to do this, and and I and I didn't know anything about these these computer programs, Story Night and Voyager. So I finally. I finally asked Ed Krupp at the uh, at the Griffith Observatory. I said, "Dr. Krupp, I said, help me. How can I do this?" And and uh, Dr. Krupp, who by the way is also a celestial archaeologist, he's been over to Haran several times, and and uh, uh, so we had that in common. Although I have not visited Haran, but uh, Ed Krupp certainly has. Anyway, uh, Dr. Krupp wrote me back, and he said, and he said, "You have two ways of doing this. You can use Starry Night." And they'll print it out for you in two sheets, and you can tape them together, or you can use Voyager, and it will do it in one sheet, and you can get the whole the whole projection in one sheet. So of course I went for Voyager, and got the Mac version and did it. And now this is uh, Starry Night is what uh, Larson has used in this uh, Star of Bethlehem uh, uh, video, and and but it does you know the same thing as I said the Voyager does. It'll show you. What the heavens? What's going on in the heavens on a particular date uh, in the past? And so, what he discovered was uh, that the planet Jupiter, the king, the king of the planets, was in conjunction with Regulus, the star Regulus, which 
those are, I'm, I'm sure that all of you people out there that are familiar with the Golden Dawn, you know that that's that Brigulus is where the Golden Dawn starts their sidereal zodiac, and uh, and like zero degrees Aries for the tropical, they they started at zero uh, Regulus. Regulus was the marker star. There are four stars around the around the uh, the circle of the zodiac, which are called referred to as marker stars. They mark the the, uh, the four core sections of the zodiac. Regulus, of course, is the is the great marker star, and it's also the lion. And and so Regulus is referred to the star is referred to as the heart of the lion. And of course, this is very definitely uh, from a symbolic standpoint. This would represent the lion of Judah. Uh, now, uh, because the lion was the the totem animal of the tribe of Judah, and and. Uh, so what we have here is the planet Jupiter, in conjunction with Regulus, the star Regulus, right on the, 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 the marker star, and at the same time we have a conjunction with the planet Venus, and that's and, and Virgo is is coming up right right uh, right under uh, right under this this conjunction. Now. How does the star stop? Because the star of Bethlehem supposedly stopped over Bethlehem. Well, we got to realize, and Larson doesn't make this too clear, but you have to realize that Bethlehem of Judea, there were two Bethlehems. There was Bethlehem of Galilee and there was Bethlehem of Judea. But Bethlehem of Judea is a suburb of Jerusalem. I mean, it, 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 I haven't been to Jerusalem. Frater Solomon has. has uh, uh, Ryder Solomon, are you on yet? Because he is going to call in tonight. Um, uh, Ryder Solomon has been to Jerusalem, and, and he'll tell you. He said that, that Bethlehem, you, you, you drive to Bethlehem, and you don't even realize you're out of Jerusalem yet because it's a suburb. It's only five miles from from uh, from Temple Mount in Jerusalem. And uh, so this um, this this conjunction of Jupiter, Venus, and Regulus, uh, it was not really so much over Bethlehem; it was over over Jerusalem, and and um, it was uh, uh, Jupiter didn't didn't just make one retrograde back up; it made it made several of them, and and this went on for a while, and uh, this was. Uh, uh, this, this was obvious to the uh, to the Magi uh, over in uh, in Babylon. Now, uh, Larson suggests that these Magi were probably were probably Hebrews, and uh, and he's probably right because, uh, quite frankly, we found out that Ezra. Uh, when he came, when Cyrus sent Ezra and his uh, Hebrews back to uh, out of captivity and, and back to Jerusalem uh, to build the new temple, uh, Ezra left most of the Davidians, the uh, the descendants of the house of David. He left most of them in Babylon. So these uh, and and the Magi uh, were of course mostly Zoroastrian. They were they were Persians. Uh, well, Medes actually, but uh, they were they were. Uh, but these uh, at that time the uh, the uh, um, the Hebrews were getting along very very well with the with the uh, Zoroastrians at that time, and especially under under Cyrus. And so uh, these Magi, these Magi that saw this this conjunction over Jerusalem. And its and and interpreted its significance were quite probably Davidians. They were quite probably Davidian Hebrews. That uh, and and of course this was naturally uh, uh, Jesus was was you know as we all know of the house of David. So they came to uh, worship uh, worship the king, of course, and they they um, uh, visited Herod, King Herod, and. Uh, and they and they said they had come to worship the the, the Messiah. And Herod said, "Well, I want to worship him too." Of course, what Herod wanted to do was kill him, uh, but he uh, so he got the information out of him. But uh, anyway, this uh, this uh, re- 
remarkable conjunction uh, with the retrograde with the retrograde actions of Jupiter is a very very you know good explanation of that phenomenon. Now, uh, yeah, well, we don't really know whether this predicted the birth of Jesus, but but. It uh, is certainly predicted the birth of the. Uh, it certainly predicted a, or, or seemed to predict a very important event, and uh, and uh, you know you can say that well this is part of the Jesus myth or whatever if you want to say that, but I I, I think it's I think it's a uh, I think it's a very significant uh, uh, astrological and and astronomical uh, correspondence that tends to tends to reify the um, uh, reify the uh, not just the nativity story but the, but the whole uh, the whole uh, uh, story of Jesus anyway uh, so that's that and as I say this is a this is a DVD you can go on Amazon and, and you can see the, the star of Bethlehem and uh, and uh, I'm not I'm not you know, I, I'm not trying to trying to plug for it necessarily, but that's but that's what we we found it quite interesting. And what it did was it inspired us to uh, to do a little astral time travel uh, to see what we could come up with psychically uh, to either confirm or or, or uh, um, you know to to uh, give us a give us a psychic view of this. And so uh, we did. Now our astral time travel method, and we've discussed this before on an earlier on an earlier uh, program, the Hermetic Hour. I think a couple of years ago we had a, a show on our astral time travel program. But this time, uh, when we did it, well, we added uh, some of the elements of Hermetic Yoga uh, into our astral time travel uh, uh, scenario. And uh, I want to discuss those tonight because. Uh, um, those of you who are associate members, uh, I have a weekly a weekly bulletin called Tidings from Rivendell, and we're discussing uh, all of this in this in the present issue of it. And I am even we even have a uh, have a, a photo of our artwork uh, showing Dagon and uh, and the, the Tesseract. Um, and how we how we actually do the do the uh, astral time travel or space travel uh, with the Hermetic Yoga system, which I'm going to discuss and outline for you. Um, and we have that. If so, you go on the go on the website. Those of you who are associate members, and those of you who are not associate members, you go on the website and it'll tell you how to become an associate member, which is something that, if you've been listening to the Hermetic Hour regularly, you rather you, you this time you really ought to be doing. And uh, so, um, let's uh, let's get into this whole idea of astral time travel and how and how it works. Uh, at least how it works for us. Now, astral time travel, just like remote viewing, is based on on hermetic on the hermetic principles. And as I'm sure those of you who've been following us are aware, that hermetic philosophy um, states. And, and espouses the idea that that human beings are miniatures of of God in the universe, and in other words, the microcosm and the macrocosm, and uh, as above, so below, and that uh, that a human being is a it is a copy. Uh, in anthropomorphic form, is a copy of, of of the universe. And now, in hermetic uh, philosophy, that the, the universe we can we pretty much use the universe of our solar system. Uh, we kind of reduce the universe down to our solar system for for practical purposes. And that's why our our Kabbalah uh, and 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 our our yoga and our psychic center system and everything involves the planets. 
the sun, the moon, and the planets uh, within the body, and because that's our universe. That that's, but actually, uh, it's the whole universe. Is is but there's uh, let's say the other galaxies beyond our beyond our, our our galaxy beyond and even beyond our solar system are in areas uh, higher. Uh, in higher dimensions uh, beyond the eleventh sphere and 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 and, and uh, beyond uh, in in Bria and in in Hatsaluf. Um and so we pretty much contain our microcosm. We we contain it to the solar system as far as analogy is concerned. But um, this enables us, of course, to to uh, visit uh, visit. Anything in our solar system, um, and I'm sure you're aware. And you know, well, those of you who are keeping up with science, I'm sure you're you're aware that that uh, there that there's probably no nobody walking. No, there's nobody walking around on Mars right now. Uh, there aren't the Martians, or if there are any Martians, they're underground and they have been for a long time. If there are any live ones, but but we, we, uh, we people the planets and even the sun with uh, with spiritual beings, and and uh, and so uh, and that's in in, in occult uh, uh, terminology. We 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 consider them spiritual beings. So you so we are capable actually of visiting uh, other planets, and 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 in in a way we. We we kind of consider them as spheres in the tree of life when we do, and as those of you who are familiar with our path working system, we have a we have a uh, celestial boat which spreads its wings and and, and and enables us to fly to the higher spheres, uh, and which we can do. Now, we also have a system. And, and this is the astral time travel. Uh, I have a system for going back in time, which involves uh, which involves the uh, uh, using the greater universe. Um, and I'll explain that in a moment. But what I want to make sure you understand first is that all of this is based on the proposition that if you are a, a miniature a miniaturization of God, and your your body, your your body and your mind, you're you're a, a uh, you're the universe writ small, and and uh, you're the microcosm. That means that going anywhere inside yourself, you're going anywhere you want inside the universe. This is why we call we refer to uh, these astral realms, including other spheres and planets, as the inner planes. This is the reason why we do this. You go in to go out, and uh, there are all kinds of, you know, cute little expressions that, that we use to try to get this across. Because sometimes, sometimes uh, uh, humor is the best way to explain something like this. I know the one that that my that my friend Len, Len Duquette likes to use is, "It's all in your head, but you have no idea how big your head is." And uh, that's that's one of one of my favorites too. Uh, now, I'm going to read from Hermes Trismegistus here because I want you to before we get any further in this because I want you to to grasp from our from our holy scripture I want you to grasp just exactly what what it is we're we're talking about here. And this is from uh, this is from uh, from the Hermeticum uh, Book Two, uh, uh, Chapter Eighteen. Um, some of the things being said need special attention. Understand what I am saying. All is within God, but not as if lying in a place. For a place is not only a body, but an immovable body. And what lies in a place has no motion. Within God, everything lies in bodiless imagination. Get that. Within God, everything lies in bodiless imagination. Think of him 
who contains it all. There is nothing to limit the incorporeal. There is nothing quicker or more powerful. It is absolutely without limit, the quickest and the most powerful of all. Consider this yourself. Command your soul to go anywhere, and it will be there quicker than your command. Bid it to go to the ocean, and again, it is there at once, not as if it had gone from the place to place, but, it, it, but, it, but if it was already there. Order it to fly up to heaven, and it will need no wings, nor will anything impede it, neither the fire of the sun, nor the aether, nor the whirlwind, nor, in, nor the other heavenly bodies, but cutting through them, cutting through them all, it will soar up to the last body. And if you wish to break through all of this and to contemplate what is beyond, if there is anything beyond the cosmos, it is in your power. See what power you have and what speed. You can do all these things, and yet God cannot. Reflect on God in this way, as having all within himself, as ideas, the cosmos, himself, and the whole. And if you do make yourself equal to God, you cannot. if you do not make yourself equal to God, you cannot understand him. Like is understood by like. Grow to immeasurable size. Be free from everybody. Transcend all time. Become eternity, and thus you will understand God. Suppose nothing to be impossible for yourself. Consider yourself immortal and able to understand everything, all arts, sciences, and the nature of every living creature. They will become higher than all the heights and lower than all the depths. Sense as one within yourself the entire creation, fire, water, the dry, and the moist. Conceive yourself to be in all places at the same time, in earth, in sea, in heaven. You are not yet, that you are not yet born, that you are within a womb, that you are young, old, dead, that you are beyond death. Conceive all these things at once, times, places, actions, quantities and qualities, then you can understand God. But if you lock up your soul in your body, abase it and say, I understand nothing, I can do nothing, I am afraid of the sea, I cannot reach heaven, I do not know who I was or who I shall be, what have you to do with God? For you cannot conceive anything beautiful or good while you are attached to the body and are evil. And for the greatest evil is to ignore what belongs to God, to be able to know and to will and to hope is the straight and easy way appropriate to each that will lead to the supreme God. And when you take that road to road, this God will meet you everywhere and will be and will be experienced everywhere and even where and when you do not expect it. When awake, asleep, in a ship, on the road, by night, all day and by day, and while speaking and when silent, for there is nothing which it is not. And hello there, Frater Solomon. Are you on? Hey, how you doing? Well, no, I'm coming. Uh, am I am I talking to Frater Solomon? You are. You are. I am. Yes. Took took me a little while to get on. My phone was dead, and it sounds like you're on a oh, good I- roll here. Oh, I yeah, yeah. I just I was just quoting from Hermes, and uh, let me uh, let me uh, 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 let. Did you hear what I just uh, what I was just reading from from uh, from the book two of the Herme- of the Hermetic Corpus? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yes, it is. And and but the most important thing about it for tonight's show is the idea that Hermes says you can go anywhere. In the universe, instantly. Just, just you know, will yourself there. That's the principle upon which we, which we developed our uh, our astral time travel program, and uh, and uh, the idea that uh, that you can project your consciousness uh, 
out to uh, out to the the furthest you know out to one of the stars and uh, circle around the stars. And let me uh, explain a little bit how uh, how um, how we first came up with that that idea and how it works. Uh, Most everybody realizes, if, if they don't, they should think about it. Go out under the night sky. Look up at a star that you know. Uh, like, for instance, we're, we, we, we used the other night, and we used a lot of times, we used Betelgeese. Betelgeese is in the, in the right shoulder of Orion. Now, Betelgeese is 520 light years away from Earth. So, therefore, if you go out and you look up and you, and you see Betelgeese, then you are seeing Betelgeese as it was 520 years ago because it takes light that long to get here. So therefore, if you go instantly, instantly to the star you are seeing or viewing, you have you reach that star and you are 520 years in the past because what you're looking at is the star 520 years ago. Then... Uh, so using that as as a, as a jump, uh, you know, as a uh, uh, for the consciousness, and using that, um, we can go and then we can look back. Uh, once we get to Betelgeuse, we can look back at Saul, and Saul is five is is five hundred and twenty years in the past. So if we go back to Saul, we've gone we've gone one thousand and forty years. Uh, and and uh, and then back and forth. Now uh, we, uh, we've been doing this, uh, in in, uh, in the OTA we've been doing this for, I gosh knows about uh, about uh, thirty years. Uh, we've been doing this this program, and we've gone back to ancient Alexandria, and uh, and we've gone back to Solomon's Temple, and those are our two favorite places to 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 to, to go, and. Uh, uh, we've been using this method, and and uh, and. But recently, when we got the yoga book uh, together and perfected the uh, the the process for opening the third eye, and and developing the tesseract on the Hesed, uh, you know the 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 uh, the mandala of Hesed. And the figure of his head is is a, is a cube. It's a cube, uh, and and uh, and his head is it's a cube divided into four cells because uh, and the kamea of, of his head is 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 a cube divided into four cells. So what we realized at this point was is that we could symbolize this this Hesed cube by a tesseract. And a tesseract is actually a figure. It's a kind of an optical illusion figure. It's a it's a square with another square inside it, and uh, that's half the that um, that's half the the size of the first square. And then there's another square inside that that's another half of the of the of the, of the that square and then another one inside that that's that, that's also reduced by 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 uh, a half so what you have when you look at it when you look at the tesseract figure it appears that you're that you're looking down a uh, a long square tunnel uh it's it's an optical illusion of a perspective and so this this works very well with this set, which is that square that square figure. And so uh, we now uh, develop to use this as a sighting device, and also to, we can divide our we can divide our 520 year um, um, jumps into four into four jumps, and uh, for, you know and make it make it uh, uh, do our calculations and make it. Uh, to make it four jumps, and I, you know, I came up with a joke, you know, warp factor four, Mr. Scott, you know, and like uh, from Star Trek, because this is really sort of a hyperspace jump, um, and and uh, but here again, the speed of thought, according to Hermes, is instantaneous, and and so whereas the speed of light is five hundred and, uh, and, and twenty 
uh, uh, light years. There's 520 light years uh, to uh, uh, to reach Betelgeuse. And you, uh, I remember you came up with the idea of, of uh, because we we need to we need to get these calculations right because we would have ended up back in uh, in Solomon's Temple in. Uh, in uh, 2080 rather than 2005 when we needed to be, and I and I turned it over to you, my, uh, Mike, and I said, "Okay, calculate uh, how we're gonna how we're gonna uh, arrive there to 2005." And you said, "Well, well, the last jump, the last jump, just just make it 88 percent," and that worked. So we did. Uh, and the way we did the path working, we wanted to go to we wanted to go to the Temple of Jerusalem and see if we could. Uh, see if we could um, uh, look in on uh, Mary and Joseph uh, bringing Jesus to the temple to have him registered because we are pretty sure they had to do that and right right after he was born and of course Bethlehem is right near Jerusalem so they would they would have had to do that so we had a very interesting uh, 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 you know visit to the temple to see if we could look in on them and uh, what I did was I went ahead and and did the first induction and and, and took everybody uh, out to Betelgeuse and back and out to Betelgeuse and back uh, and got them got them to Jerusalem. And by that time, I was so deep in trance that you that I remember you had to, you were sitting beside me around the altar and, and and you tapped me on the shoulder to let you take over at that point because you've been <laughs> to Jerusalem and you've been yeah. to Jerusalem and I hadn't so so you took over at that point and 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 led us all into the temple and uh, so yeah uh, you want to comment on on uh, on this and how it how it worked out. Uh, yeah, it worked out very elegantly. Um, one of the nice things about Betelgeuse uh, is um, it, it's one of the two largest stars in our neighborhood, and um, the, the other one is uh, the furthest visible star. But Betelgeuse is actually a star that the sun and all these local stars that you can see in the night sky are certainly attracted to. It's perfect. And um, I came up with the idea of slowing down on the last jump because we all know what the speed of light is, so I didn't want to slow every single jump down. I thought, all right, let's do all of these at the speed of light because the mind can adjust to that. And then after we've done that for a while, then the last jump, we just slow down. We arrive exactly when we need to. And the neat thing is we were wondering, well, when did this guy Jesus get registered? And... um, he would have gotten, we realized he got registered at his circumcision, which really makes sense. And we met um, a really spectacular individual. And I did not even realize her importance until we did this. And that's, um, it's either Matthew or Luke talk about a priestess or a prophetess. They call her, I think, a prophetess, Hannah of the tribe of Asher. And what's so significant about her is Asher is a Phoenician tribe. Asher was um, the one tribe that was solidly on um, Phoenician territory. In fact, the city of Tyre was located in the tribe of Asher, which means this prophetess uh, was Phoenician. And um, that's something I hadn't realized before, but that's really good because it helps us um, realize that that there was a movement in Israel at this time to um, connect to the Phoenician roots. And, and there was someone very significant waiting for this baby who recognized this baby when he was born. Uh, and um, we, of course, got to see the old uh, high priest Simeon, and uh, he recognized Jesus too. He was um, the high, high priest of Judea. And uh, it, it was just a really neat, pleasant experience because um, we're trying to figure out who Jesus is. We're trying to put him in a historical context that actually makes sense. Um, we, we figured out some interesting things on the Star of Bethlehem. I don't know if you want to get into that or not, but uh, it was just a really pleasurable experience. There's a uh, uh, Sister Eva Mill uh, suggested that we also look at another uh, Star of Bethlehem configuration. I think it may be on a different date, though, because we're there's a lot of argument about what the actual date was, but what uh, what Sister Evenel came up with was a uh, a hexagram, which is formed around around the heavens uh, at uh, at that time, uh, in which all the major planets uh, form the form the points of a hexagram figure, 
and with the sun in the center. And I I suggested that, well, yeah, it, that that looks fine, except that the, the universal hexagram will be better because then the sun then the sun's actually involved. What? Uh, yeah, it, it's um, well, that that wouldn't be our particular star of Bethlehem, um, but I do think um, I, I do think that I mean, there's obviously two moments that are significant when a child is is um, created, and that is the conception. And the um, it, it's the conception and, and the birth. And um, I, I'm looking up right now exactly when that was. Let's see. Um, it's really not a perfect hexagram. It's um, the, You, you kind of have to make hoops. I think, I, I think we found the best one. I think it's the universal hexagram because... Uh, that well, you know, that's, that may well, be that, just my personal. That's just preference. how you trace them. That that that's yeah. just going to be how you trace them together. Yeah. Anyway, that that that's that's an interesting correlation to it. Uh, the astral time travel thing. I, I'd like to to mention that uh, um, this idea that uh, that you can do this, that you can go anywhere in the universe in your mind. Two things that we need to mention with that. Based upon this idea, and it is a hermetic, as, as you know, and I, 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 just, I just read the, uh, the original scripture, the original hermetic scripture, describing uh, the, the philosophy behind this. Uh, but this is also the philosophy that motivates rem- uh, remote viewing because the remote viewers... Uh, and as I've mentioned, uh, we spent a lot of taxpayers' money experimenting with this, and uh, and the Russians, you know, spent a lot of rubles over on their side doing, doing on it too. Is that a remote viewer uses this exact same uh, method that, that that we use, not to test a rag necessarily or anything like that, but uh, they send their consciousness out and using maps and and. Uh, and in a program target, and the remote viewers send their consciousness out and and uh, come back with these impressions. Now, the difference between the way they do it and the way we do it, and uh, you know, I explained this to uh, one of our one of our army guys that uh, was interested in how the difference is that they they watch your first impression only, just the first impression, and not as soon as you get inside the building or get on the site that you're target, you look and you see who's there, what's, what, what's there, the, you know, what kind of equipment, what, what uh, kind of vehicles, whatever, whatever, tell us, okay, what do you see? Now, that's it. Don't, don't, nothing else. Just describe your first impression. We don't want you making any interpretation. They call those interpretations uh, uh, analytical overlays, and uh, and uh, they don't want that because uh, they they think, and they're probably right, that once you see something in your mind's eye, supposedly, once you see something, you're you're going to make up uh, more 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 things about it. You're gonna. You know, it's going to. You're going to. You're you're going to try to explain what you see, and your mind is going to try to explain what you see, and then you're going to, and then you're going to actually see it, and you'll see it develop. And they don't want that because that can be your mind fooling yourself. And well, you know, that's the way they do it, but uh, and that's probably uh, gives. You know, it's probably more accurate in in, in some ways, but. Um, we 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 of course use the imagination, uh, you know, along with hypnosis, hypnotic technique. We use the the imagination as as our our vehicle. So so we we are making our interpretations as we as we go there. We make our interpretations. So if we'd been a bunch of remote viewers uh, and going to Jerusalem, yeah, sure, we could have been there, and we could have been there back back then too. Uh, Using our method or, or or some other kind of method of time travel, but we probably would not have seen and experienced what we saw um, because uh, we we were making interpretations. But 
I think our method is just as is just as good and just as valid. It's just that we're using imagination more than more than the uh, than the than the remote viewer. The more than the remote viewer, uh, you know, that's the old expression is close enough for government work. That's it. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that, yeah. that would have been a slow method too. It's it's much less exciting to do it that way. This way, you really just allow your immediate impressions to flood in, and. Yeah. Um, we might get a couple of things wrong in our own perceptions um, projected onto it, but overall, we, we get the rich experience, and we, we get a much more visual experience of what's actually going on in a way they can't. Then our trick just has to be clear the mind as much as possible, so when you do have that experience, the majority of it is not your impressions, it's what actually happened. Sometimes, sometimes we we uh, these these trips into the past are so vivid. Sometimes they're so vivid that you just know that 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 you're really onto it. You really know you're you're doing it. It's like it's like a lucid dream, uh, and and whether the whether some dreams are lucid or not, we all know when we're having a dream that is that is really a projection rather than a dream. I mean, you're all aware of that. We've all had the experience of having a dream that is so intense and so and so completely uh, um, intense in its vision and in its sound, or that, that you just know that you're that you're you know you're not in Kansas anymore. You know it, and, right. and some of these some of these are are that way, and and the more real they seem to you, the more real they probably were or are. Anyway. Uh, this is this as I say, this method of astral time travel is is uh really good. One of the things that we do and and uh uh I think is very important when you're doing this sort of thing is to have as much historical uh reconstruction uh, uh graphics and, and and information as as you possibly can before you do it. And you know we have this beautiful book on ancient Alexandria, which even has a, which even has an aerial view of ancient Alexandria as you fly into it, if you could fly into it, which we can, of course, and and and, and you know beautiful reconstructions of the library and 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 all of that. So you really uh, you're kind of priming the pump. You're getting yourself ready for uh, for uh, the experience and uh, and for. Uh, for the uh, trip to Solomon's Temple, we have reconstructions uh, reconstructions of how the second temple looked, and how the first temple was supposed to look, and and uh, and uh, we have maps of the Holy Land at that time, and all of these things we study before we actually make the trip, and this this makes it a lot more real for for everybody involved. Uh, and I'd like to mention while we're on the subject of of um of fiction that's uh, that, that 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 is similar to this and influenced by this uh, uh Frank Herbert's dune, which i think uh, uh, uh everybody here has either either seen the the film or read the book frank herbert's dune uh they you know they they, they they postulated a revolt against the machines, uh, and people revolted against the computers and decided that, that they would do everything themselves. And so they trained a, a whole, a whole uh, group of human beings to, uh, to, to, to handle the functions of calculation of the computers, and they called them Mentats. And the Mentats uh, did all the calculations or whatever. Then they had another class of, uh, of, of, of people who were called who were the navigators, and these individuals were doing very much like what we're doing in in astral in our in our astral time travel. They were warping space with their minds, and they could take a whole shipload of people all the way across the galaxy uh, with the, by the power of their minds, which of course was enhanced by the spice that psychedelic. Uh, uh, that's a psychedelic agent that could only be acquired on Arrakis. You know, the the uh, it was produced by those giant sandworms, and uh, and uh, of course this 
this novel came out right around the time when LSD was popular, and so obviously it uh, it, 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 it adds. It has something, uh, you know, that, that that added to to its flavor. But, but in a sense, though, Herbert uh, was was drawing on hermetic philosophy there with the idea that the, your consciousness can go instantly anywhere anywhere in the universe, and uh, and uh, so um, we're in a sense we're we're doing we're doing the navigator. We're 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 the we're the navigators, and and yet. Uh, uh, but we don't. We're not using the spice, <laughs> and, and and our eyes are not bright. Are not flaming bright blue. Uh, but anyway, uh, next week, because we're getting just about out of time here. Next week, we're going to go uh, to finish off our our, our um, um, tree of life, you know, sphere uh, series. We're going to go into the periodic and the absolutic dimensions. Now we're not going to do a do a show just on Hokma and and Bina. We're going to do uh Hokma and Bina as one that because you really Hokma and Bina have to be considered together. That's the periodic you know the two stroke engine of the of the, okay. of the uh, tree of life. They have to be considered together. So we're going to do next week on um and I think uh, we'll, we'll probably we can probably uh, do Kether too. Do that whole that whole uh, triad above the abyss. And uh, so next week we're going to go through the you know we're going to go through the abyss. And next week we're going to deal with Hokma, Bina, Kian Kether, uh, Bria, and Atzaluth, and the end so far and the limitless light and all of that very 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 high elevated. Uh, stuff. So, until then, thanks for coming on board, uh, Frater Solomon. And, uh, Absolutely. Uh, and uh, so, we'll see you all next week, and me, and, and meanwhile, good magic. Good magic. <laughs> With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.